level here. So it literally just fell on its own. You didn't even. Yeah, it just fell. <laughs> We're at, we have had some minor mechanical, like non-digital gear issues to start off the chat. And that is to say, welcome back to Fly Penguins Fly. We're not doing the game day podcast at this point because the penguins are all about their tea times and summer adventures abroad, domestically, what have you. However, for Jordan DeFigio, I am Jeff Taylor. Jordan is not with us this evening. She's tending to some other life matters tonight, but I am joined by host of Locked on Penguins podcast and co-host of Triple H, the Hockey Happy Hour on ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, 1047 FM, 970 AM, Mr. Hunter Hodes, welcome to Fly Penguins. Fly, welcome back. Yeah, it's been, uh, what has it been, six, seven months now since I was last on? It's been a while, I know that. It's been a long time. It's been a while. We got busy real fast after that, I feel like. Yes, we did. The season just comes up so quick, and then you're wrapped up with all the episodes during the week, and now it just flew by really quick. And you've been settling in here in Pittsburgh over the course of that ill-fated Penguin season that occurred in the meantime it was, it was funny you know they i when i moved up here they played on the 30th uh and we that's when we drove up and they played the knights and they won that first game i was here i was like oh they're gonna potentially and they, they wouldn't stop losing in the month of december i was like oh i guess maybe i'm the reason why they they've been winning and then they went on another one of their losing streaks and it's like well you know i guess we they are who we thought they were going to be that golden knights game you just mentioned come from behind regulation win just one of the most exciting victories that I saw all year long. We were both in the building for that, right? You said you were there. Not the uh, Vegas game. I thought you were there for that was, one. I was for there for the, floor, the, the Florida, Florida one. That yeah. was another insane the game. Winner. OT. Yeah, we had some great times this season, Hunter. I'm missing that season. I'm also not missing that season right now. Yeah, I'm missing it in the form that I loved watching the core do their thing in the top six and Marcus Patterson, but everyone else, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm glad this is kind of over with so they can get some new people in here. Yeah, and of course we're deprived of Pedersen for that last part of this stretch. I mean, what? Okay, we're past that now. We're solidly in the offseason. We have some UFAs to potentially talk about. We have some who knows if they're even going to be candidates, GM candidates to talk about. And then there's that thing that I was texting you about earlier today. And I, I honestly... Haven't dug too deep on it. So I can't, I want to know if you can talk on it. Who are some of the potential candidates for goalies for, for this Penguins team going forward next year? And obviously, you know, Jari and DeSmith come to mind as potential candidates, certainly. But, you know, in my mind, it just feels like the Jari ship has sailed and this team needs to look elsewhere. Where, yeah. where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Casey's he's under contract for next year, so they'll have to trade him if they don't want to keep him. And Jari obviously is a UFA. You know, I would be looking to move on from him at for you know, that's my first option. Uh, you have from from Casey from uh, Tristan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be looking to move on from him. I think you have a couple star options if they you know if these couple teams want to move on. For example, you know if you think about Connor Hallibuck with the Winnipeg Jets, he has one year left on his contract. I believe he makes six million. He said he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. The Jets have just been in disarray since they just got blown to hell by the Jets. I mean, not the Jets, by the Knights yeah. in five games. And you know, the, the tempers are really flaring there, to say the least. I, I would be really looking at him. 
There's UC Soros. He's very good down in Nashville. I'm not really sure what they want to do there because they came close to making the playoffs, but you know they're still kind of a middling team. And then if you want to get a little more creative, you got Jeremy Swayman up in Boston. He had a little bit of that rough game in Game 7, but still had a great year, 920, 925 save percentage. Young goalie, RFA. Um, I believe you can't, the Penguins wouldn't be able to offer sheet him between 2 and 4.9 million because they don't have the pick to give up if they were to get him. It would have to be in a right. different money um Different money term, I, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dollar amount is is what I'm looking for there. Sorry. No, and not at all. We're just chilling here. Yeah. We got the we got the Panthers and and the Maple Leafs on in the final minutes of uh, Game Three here. Kyle Dubas is watching on as he's probably waiting for a call from Fenway Sports Group. Oh, but <laughs> depending on which way this one goes, I would say almost for sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, those are the three that really come to mind. I think if you wanted to trade for Swayman's rights and then maybe sign him, that could work. But those are the three, the big ones that I'm like, okay, if you can maybe make an aggressive move for one of them, mm. that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, you look and at somebody like Hellebuck, again, right, coming into next season. What kind of money is he going to be looking for? And are the Penguins going to be able to ante that up given given the picture that they're looking at? Yeah, right now he makes six, if I'm not mistaken, per cap friendly. He'll be looking for a big raise after next season if he's the Penguins goalie. I'm not really sure the Penguins are going to be able to afford it because they yeah. – Jake is coming off the books next year. He also makes six. He's going to want a big raise. I don't know if they're going to start contract discussions with him this offseason, Jake-wise. They might yep. have to punt that until next season. But, no, Hellebuck, he'll fetch eight plus, maybe nine. He's, I'm not usually big on paying goaltenders unless you're Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shosturkin, just one of those two. You know, Saros I would put up there as well, but... Hellebuck is that dude. He's been one of the main, if not the main reason, why the Jets have gotten to the playoffs um, over these last couple of seasons when they've made it. And he would be a true difference maker in net. You know, in trade-wise, I think you'd have to give up a lot to get him. You're talking, probably talking a decent first-round pick. The Penguins don't have a good farm system, but so that probably means Owen Pickering, a decent roster player. Though you also have to take into consideration that sometimes goal, you know, players, goal, especially goalies, they don't go for as much as you think they would. I mean, everyone was saying, "Oh, Jacob Chicklin's going to go for this much," and he only went for two or three picks. So yeah, you just you never know. Which left us all thinking, God, if Hexy had just, you know, mm-hmm. really wanted to go for it, it felt like it could have been possibility for the Penguins, and then. We're all kind of sitting there. Oh, Mikhail Granlund. <laughs> it would have been such an easy trade to pull off because you know they opened up all that cap space and they had it, and all you had to do is just give up a few futures. But for some reason, he didn't want to do that. But yet, he gave up a second for Granlund. I I'll just never and understand five that. mil a year, two more two years. years. Yep, or or a total of yeah two plus right that, in order to that, get him in the door. That's a player you got to buy out this summer. Oof. It's an easy decision for the new, the next. Uh, Regime, you get four million in cap space if you do it this year. That's man, you got to do it. And I, you know, I, I'm such an op, I don't say an optimist, but like I'm somebody who likes to speak well of people, especially people I don't know. I don't want to say negative things. And I, well, how much of a picture we got? A, I guess we got a pretty sizable picture of what Mikhail Granlin was capable of in the scheme of the Penguins. It wasn't, it wasn't like two or three games. I mean, we got from the trade deadline to the end of the season, and he wasn't injured at any point that I recall. No. So, you One know, garbage time goal in 21 games. If you yeah. basically take that out, he didn't score just, at all. And barely shot. I mean, yeah. so many situations where he just didn't shoot the puck. Yeah. And I hate that. 
I hate that saying, you know, shoot the shooter, shoot the puck, shoot the... Look, it's not always... What did Malkin say in the locker room after the one game? Look, you think we don't want shoot puck? Yeah, like, I remember that. I mean, if, we, if Guinea Malkin says that, you got to take him dead serious. He's not just kidding around. Like, if he doesn't think... Just today, I was watching a clip from the Devils putting a snowman up on the on the Hurricanes, which, by the way, three shorthanded goals for the Hurricanes today. I mean, that's almost a loss for the Devils, who are down 2 nothing in the series. And You should lose a game if you give up three shorthanded goals. You really should. <laughs> and the fact that they happened to get the explosion that they did, a five-point night for Jack Hughes. I mean, if he hadn't been on the ice, I don't think they win that game. I mean, no, no, he, no chance. He, he went beast mode. Lost a tooth, apparently, in the process. I did not mm-hmm. see the, the clip, but I read a quick tweet about it. So hope hope Jack Hughes' tooth hole heals up well. Although I got to say in some way, shape or form, I don't know if it's just that the devils piss me off somehow, but I'm rooting for the Canes. I'm rooting for Rod the Bod and the, and the Hurricanes to make it to to the conference final. I really am. I, I think it's the time for the Hurricanes to get their shot at maybe, you know, this this particular team to maybe get in to go to the Stanley Cup final. I really would love to see that personally. Yeah, I mean, seeing Jordan Stahl back there is, you know, he's yeah. someone I've always respected throughout his career. He obviously started here as a Penguin and he was electric, honestly. Oh. Just a perfect third line center. I, I wish nothing. I, I remember when he got traded, I wasn't mad at all. I don't think anyone should have been mad. You, when you have a chance to go play with your brother, you do. Yeah. But his <clears throat> final year of his contract, it'd be awesome if he could almost ride off into the sunset in a way there. But, you know, for selfish reasons, I would want Carolina lose to have the Penguins interview Eric Tolsky because I think he's a prime candidate for the sure, GM job. Sure, but sure. I also would kind of be rooting for Carolina as well to win it because. You know, I don't dislike the Devils. This is not the 90s where they trapped all the time, which really pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. But they're still fun to watch, and so far it's been a really good series. They are a fun team to watch, and it's a hard barn to play in, especially when the New Jersey crowd really comes out in force. I mean, that is a loud, tough barn. Oh, yeah. Going to see the Penguins most times that I'd go see them play was in Newark. Before, certainly I moved here, except for the odd field trip out to Pittsburgh for like one game per season. And it was just, my God, the goal horn would go off and that horrible chant when they're saying, you suck, and yep. screaming and doing their stolen, or their reappropriated Carolina Ric Flair woo, which has now infected the Pittsburghers here as well. And it's like, even when the Penguins lose, people are screaming woo as they come down the escalators at PPG yep. Paints Arena. Not a fan. If you're listening, if you can hear my voice out there, Penguins fans, get rid of the woo or I'm coming after you. Um, Okay, what else? I mean, my Penguins fan brain sort of finally is taking a little bit of a breather. I'm not going to lie. I think we're probably in the deadest zone of all dead zones right now for news, right? You and I could talk Penguins hockey all night in one shape or form. Um but right now, right this second, uh, I told you earlier today that I had listened to a couple episodes of podcast on Fifth Ave. I thought Taylor and Danny have been doing a great job. My gosh, it's almost like they're in the prime of the season. They seem to be able to, Yeah, they really can create the atmosphere with all that they, they discussed, know. They discussed a uh, freaking, what's, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, snacks up in the press box during one of their segments. That's just how I dead mean, it is right now. Yeah, but they you got to do it. to draw on. I mean, they, yeah. you know. Traveling, traveling, covering the team all year. There's probably endless, endless stories and insights, people that they know and and, and whatnot. So it's great. Listen, but uh, you know, as a fan, right? That's that's where I come from on this podcast. Big Penguins fan. Right now, I've been just enjoying 
the playoffs. And as we as we speak, we got the TBS or TNT crew here basically counting down to overtime in game three of this uh, this Cats Leaf series. Huge. I mean, the fact that the Cats came back and potentially are going to go up three bagel in this series. Boy, it seems like just yesterday, Toronto clinched and made their way to the second round. Huge deal. I just wouldn't be surprised if that was all they were able to pull off. I don't know why. I'm not like so anti-Leafs that I turn their flag upside down and burn it or something. I just, I don't understand it. I mean, the Cats team is tough. They have an identity right now. Mm-hmm. Broski's been playing great. Matthew Kachuk's leading that team. You know, he, he he's he's Braveheart right now. He's just going to town on whoever he gets to face right. I would not want to play the Panthers right now. I'll tell you what. Uh, it's crazy, you know, and the fact that they, need, they needed almost the last day of the season to get in. Heck, if the Penguins would have won their last two games, they would be in over the Panthers. That, that's how close it was at the end of that season. That, that None of this would have been possible right now if the, huh. if the Penguins had just actually beaten the Blackhawks and then beaten the Blue Jackets. It's, it's, it's really any funny game. to think about. Isn't it any? I don't, I don't mean, I mean this as a way to continue to stoke this. any one of their games. Yeah they, yeah, they lost out by a point. Oh, how about like, how about one of the matchups with the Bruins would have been just so monumental. Islanders. The Islanders. Yeah. There you go. That's when I was down at the South by Southwest uh, Festival in Texas listening to Josh Getzoff call the final moments of regulation. No, it was OT. The final matchup with the Isles was OT. They were up three to one in that game. Six less than six minutes left, and they blew it. That was the one. Nelson they had to tied win. it, or Lee tied it, and then Nelson won it in OT, or vice versa, something Lee and, like Lee that. Lee to Nelson. Yeah. Oh God. They win that game. They get in. That's the thing. I mean. Yep. I remember, like on a number of occasions throughout this previous regular season, that was a night. I was just about to check in at a nice hotel as, as well. I had my little rolly case. And I was meeting up with, with Ashley and we were going to go in. And I hear the final call of the game, you know, the OT winner. And that was in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. that game, right? Yes. I was at home. And you just send the entirety of the fan base home. Uh, really. And I, there I am in Texas listening remotely like so many other Penguins fans, you know, not in town. Mm-hmm. Just truly feeling like that was it. I mean... How do you, how do you expect the Penguins losing that game? So many tilts should have gone their way. So many blown third period leads. Mm-hmm. And and I, I guess go, let's talk about this going forward. I mean, you have a couple of the essentially rentals that are UFAs, aka you're probably not going to see them come back, right? We're not going to see Dmitry Kulikov in a Penguins uniform next year, right? No. Uh, <laughs> You know, but then there's other guys, right? We got Brian Dumoulin, the UFA, right? See ya. He's 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 probably played his last game as a Penguin, right, Hunter? Uh, yeah, I th- I don't think he's coming back. I think they can very much upgrade over him. I'm not trying to disrespect him because no, he was so uh, great, of course, for so many years here. But last couple of years, he just wasn't the same, and yeah. you can see it right away. And a little bit of an upturn in his performance toward the end of the season. Yeah. Made, made some solid plays, contributed on offense, jumped in on the rush in ways that seemed safer. Yeah. Seemed more cognizant of clearing bodies out of the crease in mm-hmm. those last handful of games. But those last handful of games that we watched him play in were regular season games. You know, it's like too little too late. Those were not playoff games. And the reason they weren't is largely Brian Dumoulin. It's largely Jeff Carter. It's largely the injuries to our injury-prone 
number one goaltender. And it's asking way too much of Casey DeSmith. He played way too many damn games in the second half of the year. It's just the way it is. I mean, that December that the Penguins had feels like another era. I mean, it was just a whole other time of my life. Yeah. It's so long ago. And from all the things that went down, all the, the litany of offenses that Ron Hextall committed or didn't commit, you know, things he did and didn't do. I, we are really standing on the verge of, I don't want to say a totally new chapter in Penguins history, but a lot's going to be different when the puck drops on, on the 23-24 season. So what does this team look like? If you had to describe to someone what your ideal would be for some of the types of things you want to see come in the door, you know, in the way of a defenseman, uh, uh, maybe there's a prospect that you're keen on, like, if if you were sitting in the GM chair right now, what what would be your druthers moves that you would that you would bring in? Yeah, I mean, I would go out and try to get a better goaltender. As I said, you know, Swayman, Hellebuck, Soros. I'd I'd go out and try to get more active or more mobile defensively. Brian Dumoulin's getting out. I keep saying on my show that they need to get someone that can either play with Latang. Or can play with Petrie. You can move up Pedersen to play with Latang, but you got to get someone else there. I mean, no offense. I don't want them to go into next season with a left side of Marcus Pedersen, P.O. Joseph, and Ty Smith. I just don't think that's mm. super enticing overall. I mean, I don't mind Ty Smith. I think he's okay. No one really knows how good he is because, of course, he spent most of the time in the minors. But if this team, I think, has serious Stanley Cup aspirations and they want to continue to be yeah. in win now, you have to go out there and try to make your team as best as they could be. And, you know, I keep saying mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin from Calgary. I think there's going to be a lot of changes from the Flames. He could be someone that gets moved. Dmitry Orlov in free agency. I've heard a whisper that they might go after Ryan Graves because Mike Sullivan likes him a lot from New Jersey. Yeah. So I, I would definitely be trying to get more active on the blue line. He took a nasty hit last night, by the way. He did. I hope he's... Hope he's all right. Yeah. I think that's why Luke Hughes um, was in the game today for the Devils. I'm also looking for a new third-line center. I mean, no offense to Jeff Carter. He can't do this anymore. He's at best your fourth-line center. From another tall tall Jeff, no offense taken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, His day has has come and gone. I I, I don't mean that he's not going to play hockey anymore, and I don't mean that I don't like Jeff Carter. I think he's tremendous presence in the locker room. He's done a lot for this team at at, at one turn or another. But come on, the body of work from this past regular season, I'm not ashamed to say – that uh, it ain't about like right now. It's about what, it's about need. Yeah. No, and I think at, at best, he's your fourth line center slash fourth line wing. You've got to go out there and get someone else to play center at, on the third line, whether that's via trade or via free agency. I'm buying out my Kyle Granlund. Yes, buyouts stink. I think everyone knows that. You have to pay a player longer than how long forever however long they're here for whether that's you know if it's a two-year deal you have to pay them for four years jack johnson still had i think three years left on his deals you got to pay him i believe for six total i wonder so, if with a buyout you say you got a couple of buyouts in an off season or it's season tickets go up you know what i mean i mean that's a yeah. lot of money that's a lot of money extra four million for them this year it goes down next year i believe it's three year after that you got i think you get like one point something but he only has a 900k cap hit this season yeah, I don't believe it's next season to do it. Then I believe it goes up to 1.8 for the final two. Yeah. You, you have to do it. You you have Whew. no yeah. choice. It, it's, it's a lot it's, of moolah. It's tough. You know, you're going to have to, that's a hard, hard conversation to have. Yeah. But the new regime that's going to come in, they have, he has no loyalty, he or she, excuse me, has no loyalty mm. to who, to him, 
know really anyone on this team. So I think you are going to see, you know, a whole bunch of changes. And I just want to see more youth and more speed in this lineup. You can't have, you know, I mean, no offense. I know, I know the old guy, you know, I know the core is a bunch of, you know, sure, sure, sure. Early, early to mid thirties players. That's not, it's no disrespect. But and well, we're not worried you, about those three. No, I mean, we're not. You, you I mean, Chris Letang is barring another stroke or another this or that. Even with that, I mean, he's playing at a high level. Sid Crosby has a phenomenal year, 90-plus point season, 30-plus goals. You know, what was he at, 35, 35 goals? I can't remember the exact total. I'm not looking at the, the books right now, folks. Hey, you know me. If you're a longtime listener, you know I have a decent idea about what's going on. All right? And, uh, you know, Jake Gensel, um, not necessarily part of the three you were talking about. Evgeny Malkin has a great, has a great season, uh, or a good to very good season, I'd say, this year. And healthy for all eighty-two games. That you will, I will put, I will put all my life savings on there. They will not play all eighty-two next year. No, they, they that, got, that was they, an aberration. That really was. They missed a golden chance. You had, you have to really, really screw up a team that has those two players playing eighty-two games, and then they don't make the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. you have to do a t- terrible job. And sure enough, the GM did just that, and that's why it's on this new regime to fill out the outer edges of this roster. It honestly should not be hard. You have guys, great players, making below average money on the, in terms of the salary cap. I mean, this isn't the Maple Leafs here who have, you know, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, Matthews, and Riley taking up almost 45, 50% of your cap. Yeah. You have Chris Tang and Evgeny Malkin making 12 million total. Yeah. Sid's making 8.7. That's not even, barely 21 million. Like, yeah. It's, in, it's actually incredible. It's incredible yeah, how it's, you it's can the deal of the century. Yeah, how you can <laughs> screw up that bad. And you can barely have any cap spaces again, which is why it's imperative that you know they make some changes to the outer edges of the roster so that you can bring in more depth that can actually help the core. Because you know, again, six twenty goal scorers next last this past season is that going to happen again next year? We don't, you don't know that for sure at all. Yeah, let's. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to bet that it will. I'm just going to throw it out there right now for fun uh, because it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. And because it's still Crosby and it's still Malkin, and those guys tend to get people going. Let me just do a couple of little little housekeeping things here. We do have here in studio Hunter Hodes at Hunter Hodes on Twitter, host of Locked On Penguins. That's at L O underscore Penguins there you go. on Twitter. Also the co-host of a really fun new hour of hockey talk every Friday live on terrestrial radio. And you can queue it up online as well on 104.7 FM and 970 AM. That's ESPN Radio Pittsburgh. It's the Hockey Happy Hour, Hunter Hodes with the Athletics' Josh Yoey and the Pittsburgh Penguins' own Brian Metzer. Really good stuff. As we talk, Hunter, in the background, on the digital flat screen machine, Cats playing host to the Toronto Maple Leafs. If the Panthers score the next goal, they take stranglehold 3-0 in the series. And perhaps, as you and I sit here looking at our Twitter feeds, Kyle Dubas will be looking at his and be interrupted by a phone call from Sir John Henry. He might. Yeah, if they, <laughs> they, uh, the Leafs lose this game, they'll be down 3-0. I mean, the last team to come back with 3-0 down was the... I want to say it was the Flyers in uh, 2011 against the Bru- 2010 against the Bruins. Wow, I believe that's the last time we we've seen a comeback like that. Oh my gosh! And it's only happened. It's happened less than ten times. I believe the number is around. I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's only 
five times a team has come back down from 3-0, but we still got to see what happens here. But yes, if the Leafs lose this one, the Kyle Dubas rumors are going to be up. They're going to be flying. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone. What do, you, what do you think? You think he's, like, is Kyle Dubas really the guy that you think FSG is targeting? Is it him? And I know I'll let you mention the name from another playoff series currently ongoing that you're particularly, that you, I believe from Twitter I've gotten the idea that you're very fond of who? Eric Tulski of Carolina, Don Waddell's yeah. right-hand man. Tell me, tell me a little bit about Tulski and, and why you think he might be a good fit here in Pittsburgh. I know everyone says he's just the numbers guy. And, and sure, you know, he is. He actually got to start writing for Broad Street Hockey in Philadelphia mm. uh, for the Flyers. Um, moved up the ranks. He's, you know, one of the biggest architects for underlying numbers and analytics in hockey. Uh, really did a lot of great things in terms of the expected goal stat. Yeah. And he's worked his way up, and he got a job with Carolina, and he's now his Rodell's right hand man. And I know people like to say, well, he doesn't does he do scouting? You know, the eye test matters, and it does. And the fact that he's gone, I believe he's gone on those trips with Waddell, and you know, you can see the fingerprints all over that roster. Stefan Nason, for example, he was a Penguin here just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. He's been great mm-hmm. for them. Drury's been awesome. Yeah, they they they're missing Svechnikov, Teravine, and Pacioretty. And it looks like they don't even need them at times. Crazy. It, they got so much depth. You got Derek Stepan contributing. Paul Stastny was signed. He's still kicking. You can see just his fingerprints all over that roster. Yeah. And he's, in terms of someone who's never had a full-time GM job before, he is probably the person who is most ready for the role as an assistant. And he would be a great fit here. You know, Dubas, I do think Fenway likes him very much. It would be a very Fenway-like hiring. I've listened to Freeman and Jeff Merrick say they they probably see him as like a Theo Epstein-type guy, someone mm. who can, for those that are not familiar, he helped the, uh, he was with the Red Sox, and Fenway actually hired him, and then he went to the Chicago Cubs and brought them their first World Series in over 100 years. Yeah. So, you know, I think they see him as someone who could come in here and really turn this around. He is a, has a mold of analytics and scouting. You know, I think people just assume Tolski is the numbers guy, but he also, I'm sure. And sure enough, yeah, Florida just won the game. I'm trying to see who won it. Sam Reinhardt. Okay, so I'm telling you, wow. the Kyle Dubas rumors are about to be in full effect. You're hearing it. Uh, what we'll say retroactively live here on Fly Penguins Fly podcast. And there are rats on the ice, folks. Okay, oh it's, it's, it's really happening. There are rats on the ice in Florida. The Toronto Maple Leafs in their beautiful white tarps are walking the long, sad walk back to the visitor's locker room down there in Sunrise, uh, Sunrise, Florida. Yep. I mean, there you go. Three bagel. They did did throw the rats. Unreal. I mean, listen, that, that Florida fan base are getting the ride of their lives right now. Pittsburgh Penguins had them by three points, I believe, after the win Two two to zero over the Nashville Predators, few yes. games, handful of games prior to the end of the regular season, but you just knew as a Penguins fan that that was not the end of the story. You know, Panthers retake the lead at some point in the wild card race and never give it up. All right, Penguins have an early tea time. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to really it really is kind of thrilling to watch the Panthers beat the the Bruins in 7 games. It was actually interesting for me also I think how fast I relinquished my hold on like I don't want the Penguins to miss the playoffs. This isn't fair. Well, 
really quickly, I was just enjoying watching these playoffs. Okay, it's been fun to watch the Kraken advance. It's been fun to watch uh, that brutal, oh, what a wraparound five hole. Oh, watch this. I hope they show this one more time. Watch this. Reinhardt. Oh, yeah, he didn't even see it. Look at this. Wow. Wow. He didn't see it. What a goal. That is just super high level. My goodness. I practice that sometimes just carrying the puck on my stick, trying to see if I can use edge work and and even just stay upright, trying a little wraparound with no goaltender in the net. Imagine doing it with an NHL caliber backup and coming all the way around with such speed mm-hmm. and grace and being able to pot at five hole like that. Just that incredible. A lot of yeah. goatees in that. You see that goatee going on there? The guy in the purple shirt? Yeah, there's uh, Bill Zito, the ownership group. Oh, Heavy uh, goatee action there. Yeah, in the Florida. They know. Yeah. I mean, box. this is, it's not full officially over until it's over. But oh, yeah. 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 This is. Ooh, goalie Bob pumping the fist. Oh. And we might actually get a we Panthers might. Hurricanes Easter Commerce. Did you have that on your bingo card this year? I sure didn't. And here we go. <laughs> you know, we had, we had a Lightning Leafs series, probably the worst color scheme, you know, jersey on jersey in the sense that it was boring. Maybe the most beautiful Jersey matchup, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, for me was Colorado-Seattle. I just absolutely loved that. And now it looks like we might get red versus red, yeah. <laughs> which is not as actually, you know, you think about like cats on the road and those nice white Panthers jerseys versus the home Hurricanes tarps. Anyway, look, there you go. Three nothing. Looks like the stage is set for the Panthers to win this in at least seven games, if not, you know, four, five or six. Yeah. That is uh, going to be the tallest of, oh boy, a couple of fans fighting over goalie Bob Stick. He almost maybe regrets throwing it over. <laughs> Crab, those kids look like they're going to kill each other. I know. Um, that's when you get the hacksaw out and just split it into three parts. Get each piece autographed. Send all the kids happy uh, uh, home. Well, I wonder which six players Anson Carter predicted were gonna, was going to score the goal. Because they always have to pick, have to uh-huh. pick a, a goal know. scorer and Anson always picks... Okay, six minutes left until Kraken hosts the Stars. Hunter, we can maybe wrap this up. We got all summer to do this again, huh? I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kraken Stars, you know, I love the Stars, man. They are so much fun, and they can beat you in a wide variety of ways. They got the the old guys, Sagan, Jamie Benn, who famously does not go down. I hope you know what that where that comes from. No, tell me. I don't know. Oh, the Jamie Benn joke. Um, that's a story probably that's not fit for air. Well, I'll tell you what, because since we already look, decided look, that we're going to go to the saloon and get loopy and watch the Kraken game, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it there. Yeah, just look up Jamie Benn. Uh, <laughs> okay. It doesn't go down I mean, Google. listen, from what you just said, <laughs> I can infer yes. some aspects of what it might be. You got those two. Pavelski's Oof. awesome. You got... But by the way... He's awesome. What a beast. Mm-hmm. Were you the one who tweeted something about the comparison of Pavelski and Carter the other night, perhaps? I don't think that was me. You saw the tweet though, right? I Somebody think I did. it was like it was something about and I'm and all I was thinking, whoever whoever put it out, it was somebody in our tight circle. I, and look at I say this with with loving criticism, wherever the tweet came from. I mean, comparing the aging Joe Pavelski to aging Jeff Carter, it's just not fair. I mean, just because they both play in the NHL, I mean, there are tiers to that, right? There are the highest of the high-level players. And then there are guys... I, look, Jeff Carter's not at the opposite end of that. He was a, he was an incredible player in his prime. And in fact, I would say he 
lasted quite well into his older years, but mm-hmm. the ride seems to be over. And the, is he capable of having a hat trick night? Is he capable of having a night when he's contributed on offense? Absolutely. He's had, he had a couple of stellar games for the Penguins this the year. The Colorado game was really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that's not what we needed from him. He wasn't just a guy who we needed to see occasionally come off the bench and 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 score the odd goal for us. We needed to see offensive production on a more consistent level, and we didn't we didn't get it. So whoever that's going to end up being, that three C, uh, maybe we can have a conversation about that as the summer <laughs> transpires a little bit. Oh uh, sure. Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins podcast of the Hockey Happy Hour on ESPN Pittsburgh Radio. Thank you so much for coming in and gracing us with your incredible knowledge and your great personality. And I hope that we get to have you on again soon. Yes, I really appreciate you inviting me in your wonderful home and doing this show with you. And I'm going to have to return the favor twice now for you to come on Locked On Penguins. Oh, yeah. I know. I got to come on. Uh, For Jordan DeFiggio, who is at Fidge Newton on Twitter, I am Jeff Taylor at PensPod underscore JT. This is Fly Penguins Fly, normally a game day podcast, but now a Monday morning podcast to get you through your Penguins offseason. You can follow the podcast at PensPod on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Fly Penguins Fly. And <laughs> let's go, Pens.